Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What is up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. And we've got a great guest with us. we got Ron Wexler here out of the Chicago area. We're going to talk about how he and his team sold 240 homes last year, even though Ron himself hasn't been on a seller or buyer appointment in three years. So we're focusing on how to step out of the rainmaker role and step into a leadership role. And not just that, but actually to focus on building other agents up as leaders and inviting people to play the game with you at a high level. So we've got a bunch of fun stuff to get into today. As always, Jeff Cohn, the man, the myth, the legend, the ever-shrinking man here with me again today. Jeff, man, if up? Matt keeps saying ever-shrinking, I'm going to have to keep losing weight. And then I don't know where I'm going to be, Matt. Maybe exactly. like 175. I think I'm going to try to get to where you are. I want to be like Matt when I grow up. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate said, it, but yes. I always say that we should set the goal as our birth weight because we've been getting fatter ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, I got to throw out a quick Chicago. I don't know if that dates me, but the SNL skit back in the 80s um, is ever ingrained into my mind. The Bears. That's right. <laughs> and like, I see you, you got a bunch the... of sports paraphernalia in the background, yeah. so I think Believe you probably me, know what I, I'm I've referencing. Got a, I have a Bears license plate in my car, and we just sold no two way. Bears players. We just sold two of the Bears players' houses a couple months ago. So what? Yeah. That's awesome. What else was it? Doubles. And then there was a third one. I don't remember. Love the Bears. All right. Well, Ron, give us, uh, for those that don't know you, uh, I know you've done a couple of other podcasts, but it's been quite quite a while since you've been out there kind of in the public eye a little bit for, for the other agents to get to know you and your team. So fill people in a little bit just on uh, on, first of all, what the structure of your actual team is, and we'll talk about the other offices. Okay. So uh, my team, you know, current, I mean, I was, I've been agents for 36 years, uh, built up a team 20 years ago, all wrong, had a big, great big team. It all blew up, started all over again, which, you know, if you're in the team building, you'll find that'll happen a few times. And really, uh, the key is finding someone else incredible that wants to play the game with you at a high level and then together figuring out exactly where you want it to go and building from there. And that happened about three and a half years ago. Uh, my partner, Tammy Northcutt, and uh, started out running the, basically took over the buyer side of my business initially, which was a mess, and then uh, took over the admin side after that, and then started working on the listing side. And my last job that I gave up was lead generation, which I did every day from 9 to 11 from 1993 until three years ago. So wow, I was pretty hardcore. Yeah. And then awesome. at some point, so about 14 years ago, you got involved in the ownership side as well. So tell us just briefly about that. Yeah, I, you know, a few of my friends had gone to Keller Williams. I, I absolutely, I was real happy. I was at Remax for 20 years and I just kind of fell in love with the whole concept. Met Gary and was like, uh, this guy's going to take over the world. I want to be a part of it. And uh, he went to them and said, we want to, I had a couple other people wanted to be it that were interested. So we launched one here and one with another partner down in Joplin, Missouri, at the same time, a couple other partners, and then uh, just realize how bad I was at running a company because I ran that into the ground for about five years mm -hmm. and then found another great person to help me 
get that back on track. Now that office has 450 people in it, uh, highly profitable, and we actually have launched three other offices together since. So, but that that OP role is really the same as the mega agent role. That when you're uh, in KW language, OP is operating partner, and uh, you know when you're, it's just it was the same thing as you know fixing my team. It's you know we we're great agents, we're great salespeople, and the transition from salesperson to business person, we don't think that's any big deal because of course we think we can do everything, and uh, you know kind of found out the hard way. I, I was kidding. I was. I got to be on stage at Mega Camp a couple of weeks ago because I'm the example of blowing it all up and doing it all wrong. And you know, <laughs> they, they keep saying that like we had the greatest, one of the greatest turnarounds in KW history. We're like three hundred thousand in debt, and of course now we're highly profitable. And I always laugh because like you're giving me credit for fixing the thing that I screwed up. I mean, it's not like I came in and turned on someone else's mess. I created it. So that's awesome. <laughs> You'll That's do the really same fun. thing. I know you guys have been involved with building teams. You'll do the same thing with your team. You know, you've got to learn to be a leader. You've got to learn to be a business person, how to look at numbers the right way. And as a salesperson, I always fixed everything by just selling more. And, you know, that's not always the, the, the one answer isn't always enough, depending on your expenses and what you build. Yeah. So. And that's the Rainmaker model. That's what we want to talk about. A lot of our listeners have probably at least one agent. They've probably blown up a team or two, just like you spoke to. I had yeah. the exact same experience for all the agents I hired that my first wave <clears throat> are no longer with me. And I think a lot of people go through some of these growing pains. So a few things I want to extract out, extract out of what you shared with us already. First off, you've been selling since 1993. I would I've been guess we don't since have... 1984. Actually. 1984. Uh-huh. Okay, so I don't think we have very many <laughs> listeners that could even go back to 93, let alone 84. I was born in 81. I couldn't well, have even I you, sold. I have a calculator on my desk that's, that's been on more listing appointments than most of the agents in real estate, and it's older oh than most of them too. <laughs> Is there a crank on the side of it, or? <laughs> I bought it in 1984 on my way to take my licensing test. I still use oh it to this God. day. Oh, my God. Don't lose that. That's awesome. So <laughs> you went for a very, very long time in the trenches <clears throat> doing, you know, running the Rainmaker model where you weren't eating unless you were out there killing. Just three yeah. years ago, you quit going on these appointments. Just three years right. ago. That's very recent. What What was the mind shift and why did you change? You know, they have the old adage of you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, my hat's off to you, Ron, for even being willing to try it. So what was the really big motivating factor for you? You know, honestly, I literally got to the point and I, so I, I was literally trained in sales since I was age three. You know, my dad was an insurance salesman and every, you know, if you went with them anywhere, you went to a grocery store, he talked about the marketing of how they have the groceries displayed. You went with him when he was looking at a car, he'd come out and say, what that salesman should have said was blah, 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 blah. So like, it was just the language I grew up with. So uh, everyone in my family, I'm one of five kids, everybody was in some, we're all entrepreneurs. None of us can keep a job and have a boss. And we're all salespeople in some form or another. And so it just was, it was bred into me. And a couple of years ago, I finally hit the point where I was like, I, I don't even want to go on another listing appointment ever again. That I, I would sit down with people and I, I would, in my head, I'd go, I'm going to say A, you're going to say B, I'm going to say C, you're going to say D, I'm going to overcome that objection. You're going to sign. Why don't you just sign and let me go home? I don't really want to sit here for an hour talking to you. Like, yep. I just got so exhausted. We're burned out. It. But I mean, it was at... Yeah, I mean, and people say they're burned out after they've gone on, you know, 50 listing appointments or 200 listings. I've been on like 4,000 listing appointments, you know, and, and you know, the, the cold calling side of it when I was doing lead gen, you know, one year I called 12,000 people, you know, 12,000 contacts and conversations. 
And people are like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, you know, go do it five hours a day for four or five years and then come back and complain about it, you know. So I loved being an agent. I I never had a problem with it. I I enjoyed it. It was fun helping people make that difference. And just at some point I realized I'd have a greater impact on other lives if I was doing that with a big team and bring other people into the game with me. And that's really what what I've been focused on. What helped you come to that realization? This is a really interesting point, you guys, if you haven't caught this. So he was an expert. He knew he was an expert. He is self-actualized. He knew he could go A, B, C, D, E, F, G in any conversation and convert someone, which reminds me of like the Alec Baldwin skit in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Absolutely. Like, I could go on a skit tonight, tonight. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, you know, but that's, you know, we, we talk a lot about mastery, right? And when, so I train, I coach agents. Um, I'm not doing any direct like one-on-one coaching anymore, but like when I was coaching agents, that was one of the things I would talk about all the time. I'm like, so you, you know, called three expireds and now you want to start teaching a class on it, or you don't want to do it anymore because you think you've mastered it. Like go on 500 expired appointments and then come back and talk to me. Like it doesn't even make any sense. And my team and honestly, the whole office, uh, like our main office, it reflects that behavior because, you know, it kind of goes from the top down. Right. So if you walk in our office, there's a ton of people on the phones making phone calls every day, as opposed to your normal real estate agent where everybody's kind of hiding somewhere, hoping someone shows up and gives them a lead. You know, so first and foremost, (laughs) Ron, to be a strong leader, one had to have walked the walk and not just talked the talk and been in the trenches. You did that. You then had to recognize that you had done it and that you had the right to teach others and you had to be burned out enough to not want to keep doing it because you knew you could keep turning and churning and making money, just doing it on your own and not take on the whole headache of teaching others. So you came to this pivotal point in your career, correct me if I'm wrong, um, where you felt like, you know what, you had all this knowledge, you could teach others, you could run some brokerage offices, you could run a real estate team and possibly step out of that day-to-day grind or churn of lead gen and meeting with clients. And that just took place for you three years ago. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So everyone listening to the podcast, I hope, wants to be Ron Wexler. Everyone should be at a place in their business where they're like, you know what, even that person that did 50 listing presentations and thinks they're burned out, which I totally identify with what you're talking about with that. Everyone, my biggest regret in my business was that I didn't step out sooner. I was in sales only six years, Ron, and maybe did 500 transactions before stepping out. But that was yeah. too long because I think that there is a better way. And that's the whole point of this podcast today is the team of the team building podcast. So you said earlier you had this key recruit or hire that you brought on Tammy. And without right. Tammy, you couldn't be where you are now. How did you find her and what is her role? So I've known Tammy for 20 something years and I was just sending out kind of a general email and she responded. She's like, hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing something different. And, you know, incredible person. I, I, we've been friends for a long time, uh, owns a big appraisal company, has owned other businesses, was a buyer's agent at one point. And, you know, coming out of the, you know, what I just call the disaster that, you know, Chicago really got nailed. I, I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, if you guys saw it as bad as we did, but we basically lost about 55 percent of value here. You know, it like. 30% less sales and the ones that did sell went down by 55%. So it was a little what year tragic from, you know, 08 until 
three years ago, four years. I mean, yeah. it lasted a long time here, you know, it, like, and it's still going on. You know, when they look at the, where you have the most foreclosures, Chicago's still one of the top markets for that. I mean, we just got really slaughtered and she was a little burned out on her end and came to me and said, you know, how about if I come run an office with you or what should I do? And I said, why don't we just start first at you learning Keller Williams and, and the, the millionaire real estate agent model, which I think a lot of top agents, regardless of your company, use that model. And I said, why don't you learn that first? And then we'll start looking at what other possibilities there are. So, and why don't you just end up taking over my team and, you know, we'll go from there. And so it, it's been a, you know, and it's not that we were done or we feel like we've arrived anywhere, but basically that's what's been going on for the last three years is uh, she started out just taking, you know, of course, every top great lister has a, a disastrous buyer side of their business usually. And, and I've definitely qualified for that. I, you know, the buyer agents came and went and I would just once in a while take a triple A buyer myself. And otherwise I would just farm them out and get referral. Like I just wanted to have nothing to do really with the buyer side at all. It would be, I think it was like 30% of my business or something like that. If even that before Tammy. So did now you start turning those over to Tammy? So she took over. She just took over the buyer thing. I had her meet with a couple of top agents around the country. We had really great teams and I said, just let's just steal all their ideas and duplicate what they're doing. And that's what she did. And so now our buyer team's got four or five agents on it and uh, they're selling a lot of houses. So you brought her on to kind of build out and run, manage, hold accountable all of the buyer's agents side of your business. What percentage of your sales year to date would you say are buyer side transactions? And we're, we're pretty much 50-50. Yeah, you know, awesome. Um, and, so that's interesting. And year to date, I think we're at about 182 closed. And probably another 50 pending. Something like okay, that. where will you end the year, do you think? The, the goal was 377. And yesterday we had a big meeting about that. So we've all rededicated ourselves because we're way behind to hit that goal. Okay. And so you'd have to ask me in about 60 days. I, I think we're going to hit it. I, everybody really recommitted to kicking butt. Have you ever done 300? 242 is my biggest all right. year ever. You're growing, baby. So, I always yeah. tell agents, everyone like wants me to help them set goals for themselves. And I always say, you know, you want to grow from the number from the year before. If you're not growing, you're dying. But I like to tell someone to always stay out of the uh, triple digits. So if you're in 200s, go to 300s. If you're in the 300s, go to 400s. And a lot of teams I visited, because I did the same thing um, that you did, where we went out and visited a lot of different real estate teams across the country. We found a lot of people got stuck in the three to 400s. And why I think that is to build a really strong operational team, the systems on the back end to support more than 300 transactions to create that it's way different than what you had to create to get to 300 transactions. Cause now you're adding success managers, some type of office manager. You probably have a training component. You have some type of back office uh, listing, uh, sorry, executed to close back office transaction management software. Um, where were some of your biggest growing pains, Ron, as you guys have gotten over that 300 mark or are going to this year? It's funny you said that because you say, you say the exact same thing I tell agents about getting to 100, right? That they all do 50, 60. And I'm like, when you get to 100, you'll have had every problem someone doing 500 deals has. It'll just be more bodies to solve the problem. But getting to 100, because you can do everything yourself up to about 60 or 70, and you can run the whole business on your willpower and energy and you know, out working a million hours and, and dragging people with you across yep. the finish line. I said, once you get to 100, you have to start finding real partners and people that want to play the game at a high level. And like no one on my team works for me. Everyone on our team works together for the goals that we set. Like it's that. their goals and we all work towards it. Um, 
it's just, I don't know. I, I always want to feel like I don't have anybody that reports directly to me that's like an employee. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Tammy and I are partners. Colleen, who runs our office, you know, my main team leader, we're partners. It's, it's not yeah. my business and she's running it. I mean, we're in it together. Yeah. If anyone Uh, wants a roadmap, we just updated our website. Go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. You can download our Jeff Cohn's business plan, which is essentially the roadmap to success. It aligns a lot with what Ron and I have talked about today, including the things you learn in The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, uh, which is another great read. If you haven't read that by Gary Keller, he wrote it forever ago now. It's been, what, 2006, so over 10 years ago. What's interesting with that book is I started rereading it a couple of weeks ago because we're all thinking that the computer's going to take over our world and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this book is exactly as relevant today as it was the first Absolutely. time I read it, which is long before I was part of Keller Williams also. I mean, I, you know, I feel like every top agent on the planet read that book at some point. It was like, okay, the blueprint for a great business is here. Yep. You know, why aren't we just following this? And uh, yep. Yeah, but that, that book, everyone should read it. And you should figure out where you want to be and be satisfied with that. You know, we're hanging around with people now doing two, 3,000 units a year. And, uh, you know, we want to be there right now. And I know it's not going to be any different than I was doing 50 and I want to get to 100. But when I was doing 100, I want to get to 150. There's, right. you, you, you aren't the, you have to grow into the person that's capable of doing that. And just like you have to grow into being a really good salesperson, you have to grow into being a really good business person. And, you know, we're all on that journey. Like, I don't feel like you ever, even the people that we hold up there and think, oh, my God, they're amazing. They're just on the same journey. They're just screwing everything up, figuring out what they did wrong and then moving forward. You know, we talked about coaching a little bit off air and Ron had mentioned he's kind of been a student of real estate his whole career. I would say I am I'm in the same boat. Um, I've taken advantage of reading as much as I can, listening to podcasts like this one um, and meeting with people in person that play at a high level. And the real differentiating factor I've seen between one person that produces at 100 deals and a person that produces at 1,000 deals, the only big difference is the person that produces at 1,000 deals wanted to do 1,000 deals and had a belief that they could. The person at 100 wanted to do 100 deals and believed that they could. And then the last component that you mentioned is they had to build themselves as a leader because you have to have people that are willing to follow. And so to be able to keep the great talent within your organization, you have to play a little bit bigger than them. Right. And my, my whole like theory of real estate is it's just the game I chose. It could have been cars. It could have been stocks and bonds. Sure. It could have been, you know, I don't know, farm Chick-fil-A. equipment. It wouldn't have mattered. I just chose this is the game I wanted to play. And I just have to find other people that want to play with me. And it's like that simple. Like how much do you want to make? Like one of my first questions is what's a lot of money to you when I'm talking to people? And if they're like, oh, you know, I'd like to make 20000 a year. I'm like, you're not really going to do well here. <laughs> no or you're going to have a long journey. You're going to have a long journey. So, and yeah, so I, I like finding people who think, you know, Tammy probably, you know, a lot of times she says, you're not thinking big enough for us. You know, let's up the game here. And sure. uh, I love finding people that are, you know, where I am or beyond that. The thing that I, you know, you asked about the transition for agents. I think the biggest thing is they're always hiring someone that's not on their level. They wouldn't dream of talking to someone above their level. And then they're trying to bring people to their level. So if, if you're in your world, if you're a 10, and you're hiring fours and you think you're going to bring them along to be a 10, it's it's just they're going to, in, in their best day, they're going to be a six. So our oh, thing I right love now, this, Ron. Wow. <laughs> you're getting so into some stuff now. This is I, getting really I don't juicy. want to be scary. <laughs> no, this is juicy. I've never talked okay. to anyone about it, but it's definitely well, the truth. So so what, what Tammy's been doing, because she, she literally has hired, there's only one person on our team, which there's like 16 or 17 people that I hired. She has brought on every single person. She is only hiring 10s. 
people that want to play at a super high level, want to play the game at a high level, who aren't satisfied with, you know, just average or an average life. And then we're showing them the world where it could go. And like yeah. one of the things I don't say it out loud a lot, but one of the things I've, I've said this is, is getting that I recorded. Don't want I am talking really soft because they can all hear me. You know, I, there's no walls. <laughs> this, this is place. recorded. <laughs> no, but one, one of the things that was really important is, I, you know, with our office, one of the things I've said a thousand times is that I want a parking lot full of BMWs and Mercedes. Then I'll know I'm doing well. And I looked right out over the parking lot. And I, I like literally the other day I was counting. I was like, there's two Porsches out there. There's several Mercedes. <laughs> A bunch of BMWs, and then one guy is an outlier. He had to get an Audi. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> All right, so there. let me present a different mindset to the audience that's listening. Um, I actually didn't want to build a team of tens. Of course, I wanted it. But what I found with the barrier of entry to real estate being so small, pretty much anyone could get their real estate license. I didn't find there were lots of tens to recruit in our marketplace. And so I wanted to right. build a wheel. And this is back to what you said before, build it out how you want to build it out based on what your skill set is. But I wanted to build a wheel that could take agents that maybe were fours or fives and make them sixes or sevens. Give them the ability to be a 10 if they wanted to. All of the bells and whistles are here to help them accomplish that. But I didn't promise the world to say, hey, come on, if you're doing 10 deals and you're going to do 100 deals, we'd say, come on, yeah. if you're doing 10 deals and with us, you'll do 30, you'll make six figures. But we wouldn't want to take someone like you said that said, oh, I only want to make $20,000 a year. So you can build a, ten of, a team of 10s if you're out there wanting to do that. I call that like a rainmaker team with all rainmakers. Or you can go the average route of finding the average Joe and help transform their life from average to a little bit above average. Yeah. So the other part of that was... My goal for the team was that everybody has a six-figure income. We figure out how to get them there. And maybe they're doing a role that's a thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar a year role. Then let's have profit share and do some investing together or something else so that everybody's at six figures. That that's kind I of love the minimum that. standard. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a, that's the number too that we talk a lot about. That's interesting. And I hear that a lot in the industry. You know, people nowadays, even kids that graduated from college still talk about six figures. And it's interesting to me, I graduated in 2006, 12 years ago from college, and that was the number everyone talked about, man, if I could make six figures after 10 years working at some Fortune 500 company, and kids today still are talking about the six figure, which is really interesting because you think. That was, you know, so I, you know, I joined Remax in, I started in 84, I joined Remax in 86, and they had a thing called the 100% Club, and that was yep. when you did 100,000 GCI. And that was my big goal. And I hit it like the second year or third year. And I was like, all right, that's a crappy goal. You know, that's a good minimum. <laughs> However, that, you know, the us, broker was catering to the pros. fours. The broker was What's catering that? to the fours to push people yeah. to want to do that and think that, that they yeah. arrived at a hundred thousand well, so dollars in income. I, I, with, with our agents as they're growing, I'm like, it's, it's two fifty minimum. That that's, you know, for you to get really rolling, you know, talking about the agents, the individual agents in our company, because, you know, the other thing is 30 to 40 percent of it is basically expenses anyways, no matter sure. how you think you're not. No, you know, even if you think you're being great on expenses at 100,000, I was probably making 60,000 a year or something. Right. So it definitely wasn't enough. Well, and for everyone listening, as you get bigger and get to where Ron is today, he's not keeping 60 percent. I don't remember what uh, MREA say to keep. I think it's around 20 um, yeah, my hope is always to be around 20 to 25. And the teams okay. I've seen as I've looked at P&Ls as teams get bigger and bigger and bigger, they make less and less and less from a percentage standpoint, but net net, they make more and more. And that's been my experience. Well, I read that Coca-Cola's uh, profit is 2%. 
And that, Holy cow, are you serious? That really made me feel good. I was like, oh, I got that beach, you know. <laughs> Man. But I think MREA says 38%. I think our team right now is somewhere between 29 and 32 yeah. And I think MREA, one point I'll make on that, I, I think his comp commission structure is a little outdated. I think he has you paying out agents at 40%. Um, I've always had the belief that the agents need to be paid a lot, if you, especially if you want to retain talent. So we pay out a lot more and we've been able to zero base a lot of our overhead expenses. I'd be curious how you guys handle this as well. But when we when it comes to marketing, we've zero based a lot through marketing service agreements. And when it comes to admin staff, we zero based a lot with transaction fees. So year end on my PNL, I have no marketing and no admin costs. My only overhead is like my office space and printing. Yeah. It, it doesn't even amount to more than ten thousand a month. So got it. Mm. Love it. So let's talk yeah, a little bit be... more. I know we, Matt, we've got about ten more minutes. Uh, I want to dive mm -hmm. a little bit more deeper into the leverage piece. You talked about leveraging Tammy's position um, in the last three years to allow you to focus more on building the business. What are some other components, both human capital and um, technology and or software systems, et cetera, that have allowed you to step away even more from that day-to-day -day sales grind? Well, we definitely did kind of the standard uh, back end that everyone else is doing. You know, we, I used Top Producer for years. We went from Top Producer to, I have no clue because Tammy's using it, whatever they're using now. Uh, <laughs> something that does. Trello, yeah. Trello and something else. And we're doing Boomtown and you know, so a lot of those kind of things, uh, probably every top producer is using some version. Yep. Uh, so as far as all that goes, one of the things I'm really good at not doing is getting involved in any of that. And mm -hmm. uh, so I have no clue. Do you know what you're using? So that's great. Boomtown has the CRM and there's great CRMs out there. A lot of people talk about today. I've heard FirePoint, Real Geeks, Commissions, Inc. Um, what there's else? a million of them. There's a million and of well, them, right? right? Right now we're switching, um, we're transitioning, you know, Keller Williams has their own now. It's called KW Command. And so we're like in the process of going into that. And it's, it, it seems like it's going to be like incredible. So not to do a KW commercial, but I, whatever yeah. it is they're doing, we're in, you know. So I think that's going to be an awesome transition. But to have KW Command, you have to be at Keller Williams, I'm, a, I'm guessing. Well, that's why I said I, I know not everybody, I, you know, everybody should be probably, but not everybody's at Keller Williams. So <laughs> that's and you can piece it together yourself from somewhere. I just they're, they're kind of bringing it all under one tent, which I think is going to be, you know, just sure. incredible. It's smart. Um, so I love it. The bottom line is you have to figure out what software works for you. And, you know, when I'm coaching agents, they're always like, which one's best? I'm like, whichever one you'll actually use Love is it. best. And yep. it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I don't care if yep. you're using, like, the old-fashioned stuff we used 25 years ago or if you're using the greatest thing. If you're not actually implementing it and following it and setting up systems for it, then what's the difference? Yep. So a lot of people think the CRM is beneficial because the lead component, while that plays a part in the overall value, I believe, and I think you might identify with this as well, Ron, it's really about lead conversion, not only with the internet leads we create through the platform, but the leads the agents should be adding every day with their own prospecting efforts. Yeah. And it empowers the success manager to hold those agents accountable to doing certain activities, certain touch points, emails, updates, whatever, uh, within the system. So if you don't have something that's allowing you to track and help your agents better communicate with their leads to create relationships of trust, then you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Big time. I mean, as we grow to that uh, operation, you're yep. not going to do that with pieces of paper and folders. I mean, you're going to... Yep. Oh, you just listen to another house. Can you hear him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a bell. They ring a bell every time they, you know, especially with this new exciting lead program. Ring the bell. Tell them to ring the bell. Everyone listening wants to hear the bell. Did, you didn't hear bell it? Bell out there. Ring it. 
Oh, hey, you guys have to ring the bell louder. They can't hear it on the podcast I'm on. They want to hear the bell. It's sarcastic. No, seriously, <laughs> they all want to hear it. There's, there's 200 million people listening to this podcast right now. They want to hear the bell. <laughs> Bring it in the room. Oh, there, can you hear it? <laughs> I couldn't. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Maybe it's not as noisy yeah. as I thought then. I can hear it great. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we talked about CRMs and technology in that sense. What about a contract to close management software? We haven't gotten deep into this very often on this show. I know at my old brokerage, we were at an indie brokerage that used DocuSign. Now at Berkshire Hathaway, they require us to use DotLoop. And then we just upgraded this year into DotLoop for teams, which essentially gives team leaders all of the same functionality that the broker would have when it comes to creating what forms and documents have to be submitted when you execute or initiate, I would say, uh, the loop. Uh, what have you guys been using on your end to kind of help with workflow? So we're not, we have uh, dot loop for signatures and storage. We're not necessarily using it for the actual processing. Uh, okay. We're using Trello for that. And like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Trello or not, but it seems like a lot of top teams are using that. And um, again, we're, it's all being transitioned into the KW1 over the next 90 days. Do you have administrative staff who take the file oh. after contract all the way to close? So Absolutely. Not having to focus yeah. on that. Well, we just made a change in that, that um, we had listing coordinators and closing co coordinators. And now we're having, uh, I think of the word, Tammy has a great word for it, but they're basically their project manager for each so we take a listing, they stay with that person all the way through oh, cool. to the closing. Yeah, that's awesome. Like so, single, a single point of contact for the client, in, in other words. The, the biggest complaint I've had over all the years of building teams, blowing up teams, screwing it up, hmm. you know, trying to fix it. The biggest complaint always has been I felt like I was just handed off from person to person. Nobody really knew, cared about yep. me, and mm. blah, blah. So we just felt having a project manager on each file and having them not switch from the agent that goes on the listing, then it gets handed to a listing coordinator, then it gets handed to a closing coordinator, and they just feel like they're just bounced from person sure. to person in that process. That makes sense. Hey, I want to put out a quick invite. Uh, anyone out there listening that is on this podcast today, please go out to iTunes and give Ron five a five-star review on that on this particular podcast and make mention of whatever the biggest value add or takeaway was today. We're trying to get it to a hundred reviews by the end of this year. I think we're at about 60 right now. So please go out and rate this uh, podcast, give us five stars and throw a quick shout out to Ron for being willing to come on the show and share all of his wealth of knowledge since 1984. He's been in the business, super impressive. Also, we have a team building workshop in Omaha, Nebraska almost every month. Uh, we've got one coming up on October 22nd and then another one on November 12th. So if you haven't taken advantage of the workshop, we want you here. Come on out. Um, just this coming Monday, we have like 25 people coming. Usually we keep the groups to about 10. This is a private group within Berkshire that's coming out. But it's across all brokerage brands. If you're someone wanting to scale a team, come on out and spend a day with us. Um, you can find more information about that at EliteRealEstateSystems.com forward slash workshop. That's right. Uh, well, and uh, and Ron, you know, for for any guests of the podcast, Jeff, what's the what's the deal for them if they come out to the workshop? Since it's not too uh, not too far. Yeah. So one of our value adds to anybody that has been willing to sacrifice their time and been on our podcast with us today, we're going to offer you our workshop for free. And it's usually three thousand dollars, twenty nine ninety seven. So, Ron, if you want to make your way to Omaha, our weather's about the same as yours. <laughs> come on out, hang out exactly with us for a same. day. 
Yeah. Would love to Maybe have I, you here. I, I'd, I'd probably even invite you to speak for a little bit if you'd want to at the workshop. Usually we get about 10 or 15 agents out and I think you'd really enjoy it. I love it. that. Yeah. I'd probably be excommunicated from my home of Keller Williams and Maps Coaching, but I really appreciate uh, awesome. that. I don't think so. It's our coaching company. It has nothing to do with Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pl plenty of plenty of awesome KW folks have been on the show before and come out to the workshop and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Like we, like Jeff, we've Brett been, Tanner, we've been to ESO, recruit select. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, 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 very aligned. Like what you teach, Jeff, is very aligned with KW's approach to uh, to expansion. So, yeah. um, okay. okay, so Ron, how do people connect with you? And then basically, it's all like you guys cover the entire Chicago area. So if anybody has referrals right. for you guys, what's the best way to connect? Great. Well, if you want to, uh, you know, send or receive from me and my team, uh, first of all, if you're with KW, ask Kelly, add Ron Wexler to my referral network and your computer will do it for you. If you're not with Keller Williams, uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Ron Wexler Referral Network. I think it's called Ron Wexler Referral Group. You could just do that. And if you just want to have a human conversation, just give us a call here, 708-629-5151 or email me direct. It's ron at thewexlergroup.com. I'm easy Perfect. to find. I love yeah, that. Ron if Wexler you want to like speak to me, like on a phone call, it's funny. Like that's unique. It's right? very strange. And, and if you do, if you do want to speak to me and you're not in my phone, I probably won't answer. You have to leave a message of and I'll call you, you back, right? Because <laughs> we don't even answer our phones anymore unless we see the name pop up. It's true. So. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So, uh, so for the podcast itself, make sure to go subscribe to so iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, we're trying to get over 100 ratings, so make sure to leave us a, a, a rating on iTunes, a thoughtful review. Make sure to call out Ron. Thank him for publicly for his time if you enjoyed this particular episode. You can grab all the video versions on YouTube, or you can go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Uh, you can grab all the information and back episodes for the podcast workshops, ERS live stream, uh, everything we've talked about on the show, you can grab it at our website. Ron, this is awesome. We appreciate you know your time and, and sharing kind of your experience and being transparent about all the bumps and craziness along the way, which is pretty awesome. That's always fun to get into. Uh, I know a lot of people got, about it, got a ton of value out of this. We had a whole bunch of people watching, kind of dipping in and out. Um, you know, folks that are that are still in the phase of like, you know, the team is too small, like Jonathan uh, Silva mentioned, you know, he'd, he'd love to step out of the uh, the rainmaker role. But right now, the team is too small and dependent on his sales income. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening that are in that same boat as Jonathan is. Uh, and and Jeff and, uh, you know, like we've all you guys have all been there. Uh, so hopefully you guys got a ton of value out of this episode. And and now you know kind of what the path is like and what to expect, what some of the roadblocks are. And Ron, what really freed you up is that one key role. And I find that's that's a lot of what it is for a, for a lot of rainmakers. And it's, it's awesome that you found yours. Well, finding great people. And, you know, I we didn't talk about it, but, you know, back when it was me and only a few assistants, I was hard, hardcore about my schedule. So yeah. if that helps anybody, like I literally was – home at five o'clock every single night and no weekends and on fridays during the summer we have a cottage in michigan i would be done at one and i was doing 150 deals a year so yeah. it's possible and that's with me doing all the work that you have to become totally hardcore about what you do time blocking mm -hmm. time block like crazy and stick yeah. to it and and so i don't know if that helps but that that was the beginning of learning leverage because if you don't work any weekend at all, especially back then when we didn't have all the tools, somebody had to cover for you. 
yeah. finding other people yeah. to cover, finding another agent to cover while, I, you know, they cover my Saturday, I covered their Sunday. And eventually I got someone to cover my Saturday, someone else to cover my Sunday, you know. So <laughs> it, it's, go jump, it's a go jump on the website, you guys. If you're listening, go jump on the website and grab my Jeff's business plan. It's free. You can download it. It gives you the step-by-step process of how I scaled out my team, taking a lot of the information I learned through Keller Williams, you know, the build millionaire real estate agent, and the one thing and the other books that I've read there. So go take advantage of that. It's free. So go to, download it today. Yeah. EliteRealEstateSystems.com. You'll see a little pop-up on the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be patient with planning towards the goal. Be patient with how long it takes. We all underestimate we underestimate what we can do in a year, right? We, mm-hmm. Or overestimate what we can do in a year. We underestimate what we can do in five. So yeah. you know, go long term. You don't have to be as slow of a learner as I have, but you can still. Uh, it'll take some time. It's just growth. Yeah. There's yeah. a huge shift too, and you put that goal out there. If you set a thousand units as your goal, it might take you ten years. The choices you'll make today and how you want to build your infrastructure, your leverage, your systems will completely change versus if you just said, oh, I just want to make 100 grand this year. Now you're not going to have to work hard in your mind. Now you're just going to go slave away with your customer base, but you're not going to think about the building and the scaling of your business. So great mindset, Ron. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, love it. It's great. Thank Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you watching. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you guys so much. 